here for at yeah. least like a week and probably 10 days so probably tuesday was the day that i finished my break yeah the day before that there was a lot of uh protests going on in, in america with um murder of george george floyd yeah and um oh, i thought it was kind of shocking you know that uh, you know this police brutality happens again you know and, and the fact that it's 2020 and we're still talking about racism it is I don't, I don't get it. Do you know what it is? Because like I was saying to you earlier, like, I feel like mentally drained from all this because like we're constantly having to, as black people, fight to be equal when we should be seen as equal. And even going by, I told you, um, with the videos, obviously I watched the video of um, George Floyd and at first I watched it, I didn't really get it at first in terms of, because um, I only saw like a clip of it, but when I saw the full video and had a bit more context into what happened. And I'm just like, how is that even justified? Like, you have him on the f like, on the floor, your knees, like, it just kind of, it kind of, it gets me mad and sad at the same time because you just feel so inferior, like, like something like this is still going on. And knowing that, okay, like, a system is so corrupt and, and unjust in terms of how black people are treated. And now we have protests going on. We have a lot of things going on in terms of the Black Lives Movement. And it's good. It's good because this has to change. But I know even after the conviction and the charges are being brought, there's still a lot to be done. And like I said to you before, like it has to be hefty. There's no way that those officers and that particular officer in question can get away with this. Like It can't happen that the video evidence is there and the outcry is, is louder now and it has to stop. It just, I don't know, it just gets me mad. Me mad and you know a lot of people say, oh, over here, like, you know, the UK is not as racist, but I'm not trying to hear that either as well, to be honest. Like, there's a lot of things I just feel like, you know, I, I just don't really want to engage in or hear, like, like I was saying to you before, everyone saying, oh, um, yeah, but all lives matter. Like, black lives matter. Like, saying all, I don't understand why people can't comprehend that or why they, they, they hear that and they get offended. That black lives matter, it's not hard to comprehend. We're not saying your life doesn't matter. Black, this is the focus right now. So chill out and, and focus on that. Like It's the priority in, in a way. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand why that's hard to grasp. Like, it's always a case of, oh yeah, but our lives matter too. Like, just, no one's saying it, it doesn't. It just, it just gets on my nerves, like. And, and I feel like it always comes from those who are just inherently racist themselves, if I'm honest. Like saying it because you can't even fathom what's going on, but yet you made it all about you. Like it's just, it's just sad, and obviously I feel it for his family um, and everyone involved, because I said to you like he's the last that grew up without a dad, and she's young. Whether I'm not sure how she, if she's been told of the offense, but I'm sure like there's been some information like that she's been told of what's happening, and it's sad, man, heartbreaking because she's a, a young girl still growing up. You know, a girl who still needs guidance, and the fact that's been taken away is heartbreaking. And I know there's we've seen there's been a lot of uh, funds. Hopefully, part of that is to fund her future. So whether she's going to college, or as they say in America, or whether she's just just for her, her general well-being. And obviously, money isn't gonna doesn't change things, but you would think that 
she can still she can still get the best possible opportunity despite not having her dad around, you know. Um, so it's it's sad, man. It's sad, and I feel like there's a lot to be said, but it, I just don't know if I can um, fully articulate and fathom because it's just it's just mentally draining. Yeah. You know. Um, so I do hope there is some justice in this. Justice. Hope that justice justice is served. It's been a long year already. Well, well, halfway through. I also like how um, Noah, Noah Clark, uh, the actor, he, he also said that racism obviously is in this in the US. It's in the UK as well, because obviously mm. we, we also got to focus on like, what's going on here, because yeah. he was talking about how he was um, left out of a poster on a film. Yeah, yeah, I and, saw um, that. And none of the actors that were with him were speak, speaking out about it, mm. and obviously he was a bit um, upset that yeah, the um, incident happened. I don't remember the film, but I saw that on Twitter. Like, his name was on there. Yeah. His name was on there, and literally there was no sight of him on that poster. It's, it's these things, and I heard Ashley Walters as well. Ashley Walters as well. Like, yeah. he had quite an emotional, um, made an emotional video a couple of days ago, and this, this is it. Like, as black people, tired. Like, like what do we do that that's, that is so wrong to make us be so hated? Like, for what? You know, and it, it just got, it just said a lot of things. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think something happened to him when he was younger. So he, he said he got attacked by like 15 races. I think it was all, yeah, all yeah, yeah, white yeah. people or something. I think he was a, just a bit mad because um, I think he, apparently he was being pressured to post like something, like, obviously with to do with what's going on yeah. in America. Obviously he's still, de- he, he's still dealing with some sensitive things that, mm we might not know about it's draining man it's, and, and I feel like there's um, you know like you said you, know, you, t- you take a break from social media because yeah. there's a lot going on and as I was saying to you I feel like I'm, I'm a bit torn sometimes because there's a lot going on that I want to be up to date with and yes social media isn't the only way to be up to date but I feel like it's one of the, one of the popular ways where I can see a lot of information um, a lot of good content but at the same time, it's mentally, like, it's just, it's exhausting because it's a lot to take on. And you just kind of, like, I've been in deep thought, like, just thinking about, you know, as a black man, like, someone that looks like you is, is, you know, a man like yourself, a black man like yourself is being killed for no reason. Have you, ever, have you had any experience with racism? Obviously, when you were young and obviously um, until now. Do you know what? I have. I have. Um... Uh, pre well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention the name, but there was a a uh, before you know, you know I'll probably just take this out. So my my old um, someone at my old workplace made a comment about me and two of my other colleagues who are also black. So just like mind you, we're just um, like sitting at our desks, literally just working, and out of nowhere, she comes in and just says. You guys look like the three monkeys. Wow. And I looked at my my colleague, I was like, That's crazy. I was like, I was like, what? I was just so baffled. And and do you know what it was as well? Like literally, people heard as well, and there was just like that, like an awkward silence. Oh yeah. So like I'm just thinking to myself, like, what's and I, and I looked at one of my other um other black colleagues, she looked at me saying like, what what was that? And I think for about the rest of the day I was just pondering like that, where did that come from? Like that was just 
I'm just there and you're just saying that out of nowhere. I'm like, where does that come from? And um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. Do you know what? I was, um, I don't know how to approach it, how to kind of um, go to her and say, look, I don't like what you said because I'm at, I'm at the workplace. And I felt a bit nervous. But eventually, um, I I told her about, can I have a word with the things? I think she kind of knew what was up because she then kind of called um, another manager uh, for the team. And so I, in, in my head, okay, you kind of know what's up. So she basically called him as some sort of reinforcement to kind of come in. So we was in the meeting now, and I was just explaining, like, um, listen, uh, like, I was a bit uncomfortable when, when you said that, you know, and it's a racial slur. And yeah. she just started getting defensive. <laughs> like, she literally was going red. Like, she was... I'm not racist. I'm, I'm not racist. I just, I just made a joke. Um, and then do you know what it was as well? Like she just kept fumbling. She said, "I, oh, but um, you know, um, people used to call me fat." And I'm just like, "That's what has that got to do with, with, with the situation? With anything?" Mm-hmm. And do you know what? Yeah, that that mean. I'm glad that I did, obviously, speak up. But it was more so her, her being so defensive and the comments from the other manager who literally just felt like he was just gaslighting. He said to me, oh, um, okay, so if you was in a bar and someone said free monkeys, would you have the same reaction? I'm like... Well, your, your, your manager said that. He said that. Would you have the same reaction? So what you're telling me is like, okay, calm down. Like It's not, it's, it's not that deep. So... In my head, you're, you're telling me basically, you're, you're gaslighting me. That's, that's what you're doing, you're gaslighting me. So, mm-hmm. telling me, okay, it's not that deep, like minimizing my, my thoughts. I'm just like, that's not the point. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing something to you that I didn't feel uncomfortable about, and you're telling me that. How, how you, how, you know what I mean? You don't, you're not even seeing the wrong in that. Like, you're just being wrong and strong. Yeah, like, you know, and it was disappointing. Um, and it was a bit awkward because at that time, I was still, I think I was. Cause I was there for quite some time, so I think I was, I, I had left last year, and this had happened in, twenty eighteen, yeah. so I was still there for like a, a, a few months. So, you know, she just started feeling a bit awkward and was upset. Listen, if you, that's fine. You can be upset. At the end of the day, if I'm uncomfortable about something, I'm not gonna just be quiet. I'm gonna say something yeah. because same way if this was flipped around and I said something that was, said something, rude yeah, or. Um, racial. I know what's gonna happen. You're you're sending me to HR. Do you know what I mean? So why can't I ha- have that same privilege? But this is it. It's, it's like these things that happen. And, and at the time, um, I felt like I was a bit scared because I didn't have that. Not scared. I don't want to say scared is the right word, but I was a bit disappointed. Because mm-hmm. someone in your position should understand. But you just showing your true colors to me, like. And it wasn't like I was sort of coming on, on this vibe of like, like I'll just I'll just polite but I just say listen what you said is a racial slur it's like so you're getting so defensive but you don't want to know where you went wrong like you just want to be wrong and strong mm-hmm. so that was um, one encounter um, racing but have you had any similar encounters or any or any like microaggressions mm, probably when I, when I was probably young younger probably like six seven like I remember going to um Kent. I'm 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 not gonna mention the area. Mm. 
uh, yeah, so I think I remember seeing a group of like white boys and um, I remember them, I think like, you know when you, you go to an area and they look at you really strangely, like mm. that's, that's, that's what I was getting when, when I was there, so obviously I don't know if, they were, if that was meant to be in, indirectly to me because obviously they've never seen someone um, like me, but I was just like, oh, let me just walk and go, man, because these people are obviously want to cause some trouble. Yeah. A lot of um, far-right groups, like, obviously, around, mm. like, the, the area. You know, when um, Stephen Lawrence got killed, a yeah. lot of those those kind of people used to be around, like, um, the area. And yeah. obviously, uh, things were really, really bad there. I don't think we, m- much has really changed there, really, unfortunately. It's, it's still... It's just unfortunately some close-minded people just don't want to change, and I think because they're not used to seeing um, like black or Asians around the area, so they might have some kind of stereotype towards us, or you know, that's because they watch a certain film or I don't know or something. Mm. And then another incident was probably two years ago. So I was coming from work experience yeah. and, um, from from the gym group and I remember um, the World Cup was on as well um, I remember going home on the on, on the tram from Croydon to uh, to Mitcham and obviously I, I got off um, the tram there was two people saying our oh, football's coming home like they, they wouldn't stop singing it got off the tram and then they were like, right behind me and then there was like an Asian person on on the other side walking as well. And obviously I was walking as well. And then as soon as I walked probably 10, 50 minutes to the next bus stop, I, I heard one of them say, oh, go back home, you you um, immigrants. Wow. But something in my mind was like thinking, is, is, is she talking to, uh, to, to me? Like, you know, if she's saying that, because I'm walking and obviously there's another Asian because yeah. obviously I know what what they were saying was um, intentional because obviously she knew that there, there was an Asian and a black person walking mm. on, on on the road but something was just telling me just walk really because it's not worth it to go back there and you know start for no reason mum like obviously my mum raised me well you know and obviously she told me to um, let someone take advantage out of you, you mm. know, in, in certain situations, because obviously they're, they're trying to get um, a reaction. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying, trying to make trying you, to beat you up. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're trying to make you retaliate. You know, and I'm not really surprised, really. You know, you know, some football fans say some stuff, you know, because obviously I know football racism in football. Obviously, it's been going on for a long time, and even as a, even as a football fan, I know that there's racism there. Yeah. There's certain like football um, hooligans that they always just want to cause um, trouble, mm. you know, to Asian or or black, you know, for like no no reason, you know. Well, like, I I just feel like for me mentally, um, it has a kind of toll on me. There was a time when this was uh, I think this was two years ago. Um, so th- this was actually in in um, in, in Clapham. Yeah. So I was with my boy, um, we were just basically going to the shop, like running errands and stuff. And um, so we drive, and literally out of nowhere, a police car just barricades us. 
but okay, just like before we know that, get out of the car. Um, can you step out the car, please? I thought I was in handcuffs. Like, it was happening so fast. And um, the officer was like, oh, we've been led to believe there's a lot of knife crime in this area. Um, so we're just more or less making sure that you guys don't have knives. So like, what are you on? Like, mm-hmm. so they they done this, such as, it was racial profiling at its finest. So they uh doing their searches and I was like, why are we in handcuffs? Like, we're not being arrested, but why are we in handcuffs? And and he just said the most terrible thing. Oh, um, you guys are like big guys, so we want to protect ourselves from, from you guys. You're saying that there's four of you and two of us. What are you talking about? It's just like racial profiling. And what was annoying, so they searched the car, there was nothing there, and um, the police officer, the idiot, was just trying to just make conversation. He said something so ignorant. Oh, so um, do you like drill music? Oh, that's strange, man. Like, trying to label you or something. It's annoying because I'm not even processing properly. It's only like in hindsight where I realised, yeah, actually, you know what? I was being racially profiled, like, mm. you know, and it, it just gets to a point where like, it's annoying, it's annoying. Like, you know, you don't want to be in handcuffs in the, at, on a Saturday afternoon in Clapham there's people walking by. It's embarrassing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's embarrassing. Like, you're just tarnishing my character just because I'm in a tracksuit or, or I'm black. There's racism here. There's racism yeah, here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Without yeah. doubt, you know. And um, it's just, it's, it's draining, man. And like what I was saying to you earlier, I think one thing that I was, that was sort of getting to me about this whole situation um, with regards to... Um, George Floyd is his daughter, so like I said, she has to live a life without her dad now. Yeah. And um, it kind of got me thinking about, you know, like when your parents pass and you then have to live a life without them. So like, like putting things in place, um, you know, like what sort of happened in terms of your life now. So um, for me, when my mum passed away, so I knew that she had life insurance. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that was like something I knew she had put in place for my sisters and I, so that we can, not necessarily like um, to stop the grief, but it, it just helps that we, okay, there's money there to help with anything that we need help with. So whether that's regular life or even um, to do with the funeral. So like, I feel like these things are kind of important. Because I'll be honest with you, like for me, life insurance was something that I just, I just was always like a foreign concept to me. I'm just like, I don't need life insurance because I don't have no kids. It's it's all part of like planning. So when you no longer here, because like, God forbid, I was to go, you know, I would want like at least leave something for her so that she's comfortable when I'm gone and she has something. I would say not tie the rope or something like she, she's she's a bit secure she doesn't have to worry about money for a little while do you know what I mean and, and that's what I feel like life insurance provides um, but there's a lot of politics with that it would be too long to go into deal with it but but long story short um, there was a process with her, with her policy um, you know they just refused to pay out because a lot of just issues are saying um, we can't prove that she had this illness it's a long one to go into but long story short I would say is like that's all part of the planning, like life insurance and having things in place. Because when she passed, it was quite um, difficult in terms of how to plan the next steps of like the funeral, um, what needs to get paid for in that funeral, or what needs to pay for afterwards. So like, what happens to all her like her estate? 
um, long name assets, well. like, stuff yeah. like that. I, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have the, the money at all because at the time she passed, I was not, to be honest with you, I, I was not saving. I was not saving. I didn't even have enough money to even contribute to that extent. But fortunately for us, um, we had a lot of family support who kind of stepped in financially to help us with like the funeral, um, just like general day-to-days, you know. Um, so we had a lot of support in that regard, which I'm grateful for. Like with you, did you have like a similar experience with that in terms of like when your mum passed, was there any sort of like things put in place? How did you find it financially, like in terms of contributing towards maybe like her funeral? Um, so I think it, it was kind of long. So I think it, 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 it was a couple of months. So I think we wanted to help pay for like the, you know, like uh, when you're, uh, you have like a, I forgot, I forgot the name. So like, uh, it's in a cemetery, but it has like rhymes. So do you mean the headstone? Yeah, headstone. Yeah, so headstone, basically, yeah, yeah. we were trying to find um, the right one because obviously we just wanted to get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, my grandma helped with like the finance, financial side of mm. it as well. So, um, um, yeah, it, it was kind of long, but I think eventually it was done. So we chose like the right head, headstone to use. Yeah. Um, what we thought was was right as well. Um, before that, we were having like um, the gatherings to help um, support us yeah. in our time of need. Uh, that also went really well as well, which, which I'm really grateful. It wasn't as stressful as I thought it would be, mm. you know, t- to like um, plan for the whole, like this, like the venue, the food, uh, yeah. you know, as well as like the, the, the people coming as well. Mm. You're right. I think I agree with you in terms of like, I had... For me, it was a similar experience where like, I didn't feel as stressed about what was going on because, again, a lot of people, family and friends did come in to support us. And it was so great to the point where I remember my aunt telling me the funeral will be sorted out because there's a lot of family and friends. And she herself um, put some money towards things. And she just said to me and my sister, all you guys have to do is just... So she told me, you've got to do is just choose the coffin. And even when I think about it in hindsight now, like... It's actually like a blessing to only have that as the, as the only expense to think about, you know, because with funerals, there's so many like things you have to think about. And I feel like UK funerals over here, it's, it's expensive as well, but because yeah. we bred my mum back home, so that was a lot. So we, whereas like uh, UK funerals, it's, it's more so, um, I mean, it can vary, but it's, I, don't, I don't think it's as expensive as a funeral back in Africa. Yeah. So like you would have the church service, you know, and um, but that church service would be also the, the service for the funeral, and then you have go to the cemetery. Whereas over over in Nigeria, mom's funeral, it was like a free, almost like a three or four day sort of event where um, we had the memorial service, um, and that consisted of going to. So it was in the family house. We had like T-shirts printed with of my mom, and like you know just a few uh, words of people wrote about her. And I remember we also had like cloth for each day. So like the moment we had like a t-shirt, a printed t-shirt with my mum's name. And then on the actual funeral, we had like another cloth. Um, So like I had a cloth that was made that we wore for the funeral as well. And then after the funeral, the the next day was like a, we call it a day of celebration. So just like a day to um, like to party and just remember her. 
Um, so we had a an, an cloth as well, so it was a different cloth that was sewn yeah, as well. Yeah. Exactly, and then like food. Um, we had the, what do you call those things? Is it, um, is it gazebos? Well, like the... So, I think, I think it's gazebos. Yeah. So basically we had like different gazebos, like we had like an open field where we had like a, because um, Nandra is hot, so we just want to do things outside. Like different gazebos of, of different guests coming through. Me and my sister were just, um, you know, like dancing, eating. It's like a, like the the last day where you just celebrate, and you know it it was nice. But all in all, like, again, I I wouldn't know how much all of that cost because again everything was sorted out. People uh, chipped in massively, um, and it, it was a blessing not to have to think about that because the grief and and also worrying about you know how am I going to pay for this. It's a lot, and it's got me thinking. Cause at the time, I I wasn't really um, I mean, I was working, I was working, but I never thought I had to kind of financially prepare for like death. I just always kind of thought, you know, you save for like a rainy day, or you save for like I don't know something you want that you want so much that you want to buy, but to save for like to bury your your own parent is you know never crossed my mind. So I I just thank God that my aunt was there, because honestly. I don't know where would it even begin or where, where would it ended up if she didn't um, if she wasn't there to help us like financially and just like mentally as well man because there was a lot of things um, that we were dealing with like and it, was, it all happened at once yeah. and the just the emotional sort of um, the mental sort of, sorry the mental kind of stress it puts on you is it's a lot like with you during that time in terms of like, you know, working and contributing, do that something you could do or did you kind of have to seek help in terms of people chipping in financially for like your mum's funeral? Um, so I think it was mainly um my family that were helping out. Mm. There wasn't really any outside factors, you know, that, that were that were helping. So I think it was mainly this uh, my grandma, my, my aunt, um, just helping out with like the um finding like um the venue. Yeah, and um, also my grandma was helping out with the like the, um, the headstone as well because obviously, um, you know she she wanted to chip in as well. Yeah, you know, and I think we we the the only thing that we done was probably trying to find the right um, well yeah, and we were just trying to find the right um headstone. Yeah, so obviously we were already f- financially we weren't really in a. In, in a in a good place in a way if that makes yeah. sense so obviously mm. it came really sudden you know out of the blue mm. and um yeah fi- financially we were just struggling you know um but we still had some kind of money you know at least because i think it's important yeah to like save some money you know for a rainy day yeah you know? like um but you know i think it's only up like for uh, for that period of like 2015 14 15 like in terms of like money management uh it was non-existent for me i i was bad so i didn't really have to worry about rent or bills because obviously my mum sort of saw that but we kind of helped out here and there 
you know, like with bills and stuff. But I never thought it was something that I would have to like worry about like solely because when she passed, we had to go through the process of putting the house tenancy in my name. Therefore, I would now make sure the rent's paid every month and on time. And even with that, I'm not going to lie to you, there'll be days where like pay on this date one month, the next month I might pay on another date. I wasn't in control. It was just like, so every time I got, I had to speak to the uh, landlord and say, look, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll pay on this month. Yeah. I'll pay on that month, but can you give me more time? And I realized that, okay, you need to kind of get into a pattern of where you kind of consistently ensure that you, you pay the bill. Because unfortunately, I wasn't really told anything about that. Mm. So I think I was kind of just sort of learning along the way until getting better financially. So it's only probably when she passed away, I've started to kind of sow those little seeds of, of uh, financial responsibility. So like making sure rent is paid on time, making sure um, this bill is paid on time, just making sure that, um, you know, you, you reserve, you have an account where you reserve uh, money for the rent, bills, so that you don't miss a payment mm. and just developing little habits, you know, to make sure that everything is still going smooth so that we don't have to worry about any issues in terms of rent not being paid, this bill not being paid. So that year was just like, it was very up and down, like in terms of like money and just financially stepping up. Like, but it wasn't for the help we had received, boy. I even asked like friends for help in terms of um, money for like um, the funeral. I remember you mentioned them um, at the time, you know, work-wise, was it, how was the work at the time? Um, so obviously, I didn't really have a job, obviously, when my mum passed away. So obviously, I got a job uh, um, three months after. So obviously, I, was, I began working. Like, I didn't even have a job, like, a proper, like, job, like, getting paid money what, until I was, like, 18. So mm. I, I pretty much didn't have, I pretty much had, had a job when I turned 18, so obviously yeah. um, that, 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 that was my first ever job mm. for like um, f- three months because obviously um, I realised f- financially we, we were really, really struggling, so I thought I, I need to work and, and you know, get yes. some money so I can help pay the rent, mm. you know, the bills and other, you know, um, other essentials as well, mm. you know, that was needed. Mm. I, I wish I had like the financial discipline yeah, to like save money because obviously I was a bit um, immature when it, when it came to money because obviously I was buying a lot of um, material stuff like you know Jordans or mm. you know uh, what, what, what else or young hierarchies or something. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong, but I, I, I just didn't I just didn't have that self control that that discipline you know to, to like start saving money mm. and investing as well. Yeah. You know? just wish I would be more prepared you know at, at the time but mm. now I'm, I'm realizing oh, look, I need to start saving now because obviously I'm helping to like pay the, the bills and even the rent as well like obviously I didn't tell anyone this but we nearly got evicted as well bro but I didn't say anything to anyone because obviously I just kept humble to bro. myself so. do, you, do you know what's crazy yeah same happened to us as well like and I don't know, I was stressed out because where we live is our home. But it was a lot of projects because for some reason, it, in terms of taking over the tenancy, it wasn't a smooth process. Yeah. Like they just kept saying all sorts of nonsense of, oh, um, they need this, need that. And okay, fine, I provide any, anything I need to provide. And, was, and they served us with a notice to quit. And I remember I received this literally minutes after I just, we just buried my mum. So I was thinking, like, and, I, and I'm in Nigeria, and I just, I just, get, I just get this email. Yeah. I'm thinking like, 
like, what's going on now? Like, we was in the office, we was in the office the other day, like literally ironing out the details of the of the uh, succession. So I just don't get why I'm getting this email about possible um, eviction and not like I was just rattled and it was just a tough time. But we live and learn, man. As always, it's been it's been a pleasure, bro. It's been a good talk. <laughs>